The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome to Foul Tips, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Listen in as Brent gives his views on the world of baseball, from the big leagues to the minor leagues to Little League. Foul Tips is also home of the Rick Award, and we are part of the Belly Up Network. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's get into it. Welcome to Foul Tips, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. Use promo code 1420SCAPED at Manscaped.com today and save yourself 20% and you get free shipping on all of your uh, personal grooming needs. Uh, today, joined by Lethbridge, Alberta native and recently re-signed pitcher with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes of the American Association of Professional Baseball, Landon Barassa. How are you doing today, Landon? I'm doing well. It's uh, good to see you, Brent. Good to, it's really good to have you on here. Uh, congrats on the re-signing with the with the Gold Eyes. What, when did you get the news, and uh, what was your first reaction when you uh, when yeah when you got the phone call? Uh, I mean, from when I first signed with them, or just re-signing? Just now? recently. Um, I kind of got the indication as soon as the season was up. I'd had another solid year with them last year, so that I would be, you know, they'd have my option and have my rights again for this year. So it really just came down to finalizing the deal, and and uh, I mean that's kind of something I've known that was going to happen and then was finally able to to put it all together and speak with our new manager a couple of weeks ago and just get everything ironed out so it's been a quicker moving process lately well, that's that's good that's good to hear you to get that out of the way and then you can focus on what not uh, just where you're playing but how the, everything ahead of you uh let's go back four years almost to the day you had a bit of you had a rough day that it seems that every pitcher seems to go through nowadays and i don't know what maybe you can enlighten me on this but it seems every pitcher no matter what level especially the older you get and the more you throw but they go through uh the dreaded tommy john surgery do you remember that day what happened and did you feel any different going into that game when you started pitching that day yeah, so that was our season opening series. We were playing down at San Diego State at Tony Gwynn Field. Pretty cool place to play. I was really excited about it coming off of – I'd had a really good year the year before. And, and I mean, nothing different about it. I mean, you just kind of go out there and, you know, like I said, it's early in the season, and that's the unfortunate part is that's when a lot of that stuff happens. And for me, it was – I believe it was the fourth inning and pitched like 63 or something. I I just threw a ball, and it – I felt something in my elbow come apart. It didn't hurt, but I just kind of knew that I, that I'd blown it out and and got the ball back and figured, hey, well, I might as well try to throw another one and see what I got left. And it didn't really make it to the plate, so I kind of figured my season was over at that point. But yeah, definitely a a tough a tough moment, a, a tough plane ride back to SF. But uh, you know, I got through it. I had a pretty good team around me, so it worked out. When you got like you found out you had Tommy John, did did, uh, you, did you reach out to anybody who's been through it and said, okay, what do I do next? Because I I I mean, there's no manual for the whole thing. I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't think. So did you reach out to somebody, or was this your coaching staff? Did they say we've had this before? Don't worry about it. I'm fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, two of my closest friends, two of my roommates in junior college, had both been through the surgery. So. One, I, I watched my roommate, his name was Josh Overstreet. I watched him go through it about two years prior. So I had a pretty good idea of what it what it was about. And then another one of my friends, Kyle Keith, uh, was another roommate of mine back in junior college. He'd had it a couple of years prior. So they were always talking about it and I was just in the conversations. And so I felt like I had already gotten a crash course on how to handle that before it, it really came my way. And then just having a couple of teammates too that had already been through it, it was just I was just kind of in a lucky spot where there was guys around me who'd had the experience already and I could just lean on them. 
it just seems odd, so odd to me lately that, that all these guys are going through it over and over, and it just seems like it's just part of the it's just part of the game now. It's just every pitcher eventually, if you're going to go on to the next level, the next level, the next level, that that you're that you're going to go through it, and this is just what happens. You're going to have a year off, and then that's just the way it goes. Well, why do you think so many guys are, are going through that now more than they were, say? 10, 10 years ago or 20, well, you're, you're, you're young. You wouldn't remember 20 years ago, but 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to play the what if game of, you know, this is why I got hurt or this is why I didn't get hurt. But, you know, come to think of it, I mean, people are throwing harder now than they ever have. And my theory behind it is generally speaking, unless you're a physical specimen and an outlier, if you throw hard enough for long enough, you know, chances are something's going to come your way. And that's just the unfortunate nature of throwing a baseball because it's such an unnatural movement. Yeah, arms aren't supposed to bend that way and do those kind of things and shoulders and elbows. And like the only guy that ever probably not go through, well, he went through it near the end was Nolan Ryan. And that, that like you said, that, yeah. that's, that's an outlier completely. And that never happens. You get back in the field a year to the, a year to the date. What was that, the, the emotions like that uh, on that next day, a year later? Like, oh, arms good. Was there any uh, trepidation? Were you, you nervous at all? Like, oh, I hope this thing works. And what was the feeling there when you first got out there? And then your first pitch, your first couple of pitches. Um, Well, it's kind of a funny story because I, I get back and, you know, I, I came back super quick. I mean, I was back throwing in scrimmages in 10 and a half months. Like it was kind of an accelerated process because the college season I had exactly 11 and a half months to be ready to go for the next year. So usually that's, that's a little bit shortened on the, the 12 to 15 month timeline. So I kind of had my back against the wall and wanted to make sure I was ready to start opening day the next year. And, um, you know, first couple of pitches, it's just, as soon as you get back out there, it's like riding a bike in all honesty. And oddly enough, the first batter I faced, I think it was the the second pitch I threw. First pitch, I just grooved a fastball in there for, you know, strike one, getting ahead of the guy. First pitch back, I'm feeling good. So What I, a novel idea, throwing strikes. But anyways. <laughs> anyway, so my yeah. thought is, well, I'll just throw another one in there and see what happens. And in my first batter back, the guy hit a home run off me. Oh, no. It was just a welcome back. I honestly was laughing. I was out on the mat yeah. in the middle of the game down at down in Northridge and just cracking up because it was just too comical, right? It had gone so well until that point, and, and uh, of course, the first guy back would hit a homer. It was pretty funny. The baseball guy said, nah, just sit down, little fella. Just just, just wait a second here. We're not going to let you go that that smooth. Uh, yeah. Later on that, that season, obviously, we all know what happened March of 2020. Uh, the, the world shut down, and COVID took, took, took us out. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, any any point because you, you, now you basically are thinking I'm out two seasons here. What the hell am I going to do? Is, is this going to happen? Uh, do I try to find something else to do? Like what was your your thought process? Because it was such an odd time for everybody when when baseball the, the world got shut down. But baseball and like I said, you were you're out your uh, your second season already. You're like what the hell am I am I going to yeah. do now? Yeah, I mean it was it was a difficult time. I mean I think. Some of the forgotten part of that too is that was the last time that there was a 40 round draft was 2019. So just understanding at the point that I was at in my career, getting into professional baseball from that point on would be a lot harder. And I was fortunate enough that I had some connections with a former teammate of mine who was coaching in the Northwoods league that summer. Cause of all the leagues that were playing, there really wasn't any, anything going on, but the Northwoods. I think the Northwoods is the only one going. Yeah. That, that you mentioned yeah. It. And it was like those teams that year, it was loaded. Like we had, we had a stupid amount of professionals. I think it was, we had 14 arms on our pitching staff alone that were 94 or higher. Like it was absolutely every single guy that was rolling out there was somebody's Friday guy. Cause there was nowhere yeah. else to play. So at least I got an opportunity to keep going through that summer and, and had a lot of fun out in Minnesota. 
What's that Northwoods league, league like in comparison? You played in the West Coast League and, and the Wimble here. What's what's that Northwoods league, league like? I mean, like you said, it was a it was a heightened uh, heightened um, roster. But what was the league like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of baseball. They you know they structure it like a minor league schedule type deal, but a lot of really good players just from all across the country. I mean, the West Coast League is my, I love that. It's a super strong league as well. A lot of younger. Um, and solid players on the West Coast and the Northwoods is just kind of because it's in the center of the country, right? Like you yeah. get guys from the ACC, SEC, Pac-12, like schools everywhere just kind of send their guys there just because one, there's so many teams and they play so much. So there's a ton of opportunities for guys. But I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun being out there for that summer. Summer, summer ends. Uh, you, <laughs> you get to go back for your last year at San Francisco. What was the uh, what was the goals? Because now, okay, now I can play. Where things are back normal. My arm's good. I, I tested it out. Everything's good to go. What goals did you have going into that last year in, at San Francisco? Yeah, um, funny. Kind of come to think of it, I was just reading through some of my writings from from that time, and I think one of my goals was I wanted to at least like get into the seventh inning in every start and. Um, you know, start every single weekend, give my team a chance to win. Like it was just very basic things, right? Like that's just kind of how I operate and, and team first kind of mentality. And, and yeah, honestly, it was just kind of be the guy and help us try to get to a, to a regional. That was kind of the goals. You had a, a really, really good day in in that season, April uh, April twenty third uh, versus Portland. Uh, you tied a school record, sixteen strikeouts, three hits, no walks. Uh, was there something special about that day in the bullpen that you, you're going out there? I, everything feels just right. Um, honestly, no. Like, it was just another day. I mean, I was coming off a pretty good start against San Diego the week before. And just, you know, the confidence was good. And it's just one of those days you get out there and, you know, the curveball's breaking. Just a little bit extra change-ups diving just a little bit more. And they seemed to – they just couldn't lay off those pitches and uh, really just kept throwing it. And – and um, they didn't make too many adjustments there, it seemed. And, the, you know, everything, I, the way that I look at it, I'm not a strikeout guy. It's just a matter of all, yeah. the, all the planets and stars aligning. Just, it, you know, it all worked out in the right way that day. Well, the third or fourth inning, you must have thought, this is, I'm doing something right here. There must have been a pretty decent feeling. Like these, these guys aren't going to touch me today, and there's, there's nothing that they can do. Yeah, I mean, well, I gave up the first batter of the game, got a hit, and then I punched out the next three, and then the second inning, First batter got a hit again, and I punched out the next three. And then, you know, after the third inning, I had eight strikeouts, and my career high was 11. I was like, oh, this is kind of wild. You know, like I'm somebody who is super analytical in-game. I'm taking in every single pitch, every single at-bat. Like I'm not saying I'm taking uh, count of all the stats and everything, but I'm I'm very aware of everything that's going on. And so when I had lost track of how many strikeouts I had and maybe the fifth or sixth inning, I thought, okay, this is kind of a pretty good day. Let's see if I can finish it off. And just I wanted to go nine. That was the first time. Yeah, I'd thrown a complete game at the college level, so I just wanted to finish it off. What was your uh, you and your catcher talk a lot between like, between innings? Do you guys do you converse with your, with your your guys a lot, or is it just leave me alone? I'm, I'm here to pitch, and we'll we'll talk later. Um, honestly, it, it kind of depends. It's a little bit of both, right? Like I'm if there's something that needs to be said, we'll say it. Uh, otherwise, I mean, we can kind of just do our things. I'll focus. I got to let him go do his thing offensively. But I mean, when I was at San Francisco, I had. Uh, basically the same catcher for all four years that I was there. Thomas McCarthy is a good friend of mine. And so we just knew each other really well by that point in our careers. And, you know, we could talk, we didn't have to, it was just kind of, if something needed to be said, like I, like I just said there, then we would talk about it and have that conversation. 
Did you know you had to, you, you tied the school records or that something? This wasn't, you, I mean, records are records are all, they're all, they're, there's so many, and especially in the game of baseball stats are everywhere, but is there something, at what point did you, did you know that you tied, that you were closing in on a record or that you, you tied it or was it after the game or when, when did you find that, find that all out? Honestly, I had no idea until after the game. It was just more of, you know, I want to go as deep into the game as I could. Yeah. And then it was, all right, I just want to finish the game. And it was, okay, can I get a shutout? And then, you know, I heard after that game that I, you know, tied the record for strikeouts. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I think the coolest part about it, and nobody really knows this, but uh, Con Dempsey was the guy whose record I had tied. And so he had played in San Francisco about 75 years prior. So that record wow. stood for a long time. And I was able to get in touch with his son. And he had reached out to me. And uh, we got on the phone and, and just talked a little bit about his dad and, and his legacy and what he meant to USF. And and the Bay Area in general when it comes to sports. So it was just really cool to be able to connect with with such an icon from our program. That, that's great how the world of baseball people, you can just reach out there. They're more than willing to talk. Uh, yeah. Throughout the season, do you, did you have any contacts? Well, were you thinking at all? I mean, you just want, like I said, you want, you're a team guy. You wanted to get the season and help your team get to a regional and the like. But did you have any, uh, okay, what am I going to do after this? Did it ever start to enter your head like, okay, this I can't be a, a university pitcher forever. I saw what's got to happen. What's got to happen? Did you ever start to get a little bit uh, antsy? I guess well, what 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 the next step was in your baseball career? Yeah, I mean that's definitely part of it. I think it was you know having been in college baseball for as long as I had and always knowing what was next. Right, like when you finish a season, then there's summer ball, then you get ready for the fall and that kind of stuff. And that was the first time in yeah about seven years where I didn't know what was next exactly and and to have it all up to me and and to try to decide on what I wanted to do it was it was kind of weird because it's just there's not a decision made for you already so that's time where you kind of have the freedom and you got to do the research and I wasn't too I wasn't stressed about it but there's definitely a little bit of uncertainty there and you just kind of got to feel your way through it and use your contacts and try to make the most educated decision you can on on what you future is going to be and I felt like I was still plenty good enough to get people out of the professional level. So that's why I continued to play. Did you, cause you're, uh, when you're done your senior year, you can't play in those, in those wood bat leagues anymore, correct? Like there's a certain age group you can play playing. It's so, is it sophomore or junior you're allowed to play. Uh, as long as you have eligibility, you, you can play. Uh, there's a couple of rules like the Northwoods you can get, I think two or three guys that are graduated seniors. Uh, the WCBL, like the Western Canadian baseball league, that's another league you can play in after you've graduated, even just that summer after you played yeah. that spring. Um, but I don't know. I felt like at that point I'd kind of proved enough and gotten enough. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the time, Wimble. So I'm not was, doing that anymore. That's, yeah. that's riding, riding those buses in the lake <laughs> and everything else. Cause like that can be a bit of a, uh, a task <laughs> as well. Um, I saw on your Twitter account, I, well, I'm being nosy. I'm doing research on July the 15th of 21. You uh, posted on, on your Twitter account. Hey, here's my stats. Here's what I got. You had a YouTube video, the whole bit. Is that yeah. a, cause I, I, I don't, I don't, obviously <clears throat> research that stuff very much, but is that a normal thing that, that people do say, Hey, here's my stuff and come and get me. Yeah. Especially at that time when, you know, it was the amount of scouts that were on the road has been decreased in the last couple of years. And it's just, kind of a recognition thing. Like, Hey, here's, here's what I've done. Like just trying to be connected with as many opportunities as possible. And, and like I said, there was just a bunch, I'd seen a bunch of guys that had made some videos and I was like, you know what? Like I got pretty good numbers. I might as well put something together and, and just throw it out there. And, and it, honestly, it was just fun to kind of put together your own highlight video in all honesty. It's a good way to pump your own tires, but yeah, I mean, that was something that a lot of guys have been doing, especially graduated seniors like myself. 
Well, a closed mouth never gets fed, so you got to put it out there and, and just look around, right, the whole thing. And then just a few days later, yeah. you sign your first professional contract with Winnipeg. It's kind of weird how that all, that all turned out. Uh, like, it was just days from the, from the way I, I read it. Was it with, how did that all, that all line up, and what was the, the first conversation like? What, 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 what were you doing? Where, where were you? Like, what were you doing? Because in, in it's limbo yeah. land. It's, it's June, July. You're not playing. And then all of a sudden, you're like, how, how did that all turn out? Yeah, so I was actually still in San Francisco, and you know, being a Canadian student in the U.S., I was kind of waiting on uh, on a work visa for the one year, that kind of thing. So I didn't really want to leave the country because that sometimes can put that in jeopardy. And yeah, I was just living there at one of my buddy's places, uh, just using a room for for a few weeks and working out of the field every day and doing that kind of stuff. And I'd had conversations with Rick and and uh, Steve Schuster, our our media guy for you know, the previous month, just on and off, like, Hey, you know, like we'll be interested once your season's over. If, if you don't get any affiliate opportunities, we'll be here. And, and just, you know, like when it comes to work visas and stuff like that, it's, it's hard for Canadians to play independently, especially because independent clubs aren't usually going to sponsor a work visa for an immigrant like that. So uh, it was, it was just the right kind of opportunity and the right fit that it seemed for me to be able to continue playing. Because you guys didn't play up up in Winnipeg for the first while, did you? Like you had to, you had to, because you weren't. I can't remember. All the rules have been so wonky for the last few years. But you guys had to play down south your entire season, didn't you? Uh, we were well when I joined the team. We were playing out of Jackson, Tennessee, uh, and we were there for a couple weeks. And then I think it was August. The first week of August is when we were allowed to get back into Canada. And we got special exemption to be able to go back and forth across the border and that kind of stuff and yeah. and played that way for a few weeks until the season was up in September. Your first outing, you, you, got, uh, you get yourself six strikeouts and four innings. Did you think, why weren't these guys calling me before? I, I can do this. Like I just professional baseball, you get six, like I said, strict six strikeouts and four innings. You, you had a, you got eight, eight starts. You went four and oh in those eight starts. Uh, did you think, why were people calling me? And I, I know I can do this. It was a, was your confidence level at a pretty high point at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was never, it was never ever questioned if I could or couldn't do it. I think it's just for me the way it worked out. I just kind of aged out in college, right? Like I was, I was twenty four by the time that you know I finished up. And at the end of the day, major league clubs they want young guys, and I just didn't really fit that bill. I didn't throw hard enough, and. And that's just the reality of it. So, yeah, it was never a question of if I could or not. It was more of a question of if I was going to get an opportunity or not. Yeah, it's just crazy. What's the life, the life of, uh, like, I see you around Nolan Yard there all the time. You're putting your yeah. work and you, you're, you're doing, and, and you're helping out with the, the younger guys. What's the life of uh, an indie ball player like? Because uh, you don't have the training, for, like, 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 Cub, like, PBA is a, a great place. But compared to what, a, like, a minor league guy has in the minor league complex that the guys are at now, what's the life of an indie ball player like in the in the wintertime? Because you're, you're out there by yourself doing it. You're, you're doing the work yourself, and you you have to hope that there's something going on. Like, what's, what's the day-to-day activities mm-hmm. like for you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's you kind of create your own destiny, right? Like you, number one, you got to find a place, and so it was nice enough of Hub and Mac to let me just come around whenever I, whenever I please, and be able to get my work in, and and then you got to find people to to do the work with. Because as a pitcher, if you're throwing to a net all off season, you're not going to get any better that way. So it's been nice that I've had access to guys and and humans to be able to play catch with and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a day to day grind. Like last year, I was living down in uh, California with one of my old teammates. Uh, they let me stay at his house and I was working down there too. Cause I had, I had my one year work visa. And so basically a lot of those days turned into, you know, I'd work from 
I don't know, nine until three or four. And then I'd get back, get something in my system to eat. And then we go, go throw and train for the next four or five hours. Right. Like that's just, that's just how your day is because you have to, one, you got to put food on the table for yourself, but at the same time, you also need to dedicate yourself to your craft. If you want to do anything the next year. That, that's the one thing that I find remarkable. Like you have to put in so much time and you feel like you, said, you still have to live and everything else. How guys, how guys, when they, they're committed to it, they, uh, they'll, they'll go, they'll go and do it. Uh, do you talk with the PBA guys or, or a lot about uh, what the work that they got to put in, or do they just see that like you was a, I'll use the term a role model. Like if I work this hard and this is how far I got, you guys have to do to do this as well or more because your 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 natural ability just doesn't do it anymore. And especially up up here in Canada, we don't get to play enough games, and and that's just the, the yeah. facts of it. We don't play enough throughout the year, and throwing inside is one thing, but uh, <laughs> but going outside is a whole different thing. Do the PBA guys do they do they take note a lot about your uh, your work ethic? Yeah, I mean. Hub two from the very first day was like, Hey, it's great. I love having you out here just because guys can see how it's done. They, they understand that when you play catch, it's, you know, every throw has a purpose, but you're just playing catch, right? You don't, you don't take it too seriously. You don't make anything bigger of it than it has to be. And you just take it day by day. And that's just what I try to do. And those guys, I got to give them credit. A lot of their, a lot of their guys, they're young and they don't have the same kind of experience that a lot of the American players do, but in all honesty, like a lot of those guys have asked the right questions and they work hard enough. It's just a matter of getting everybody, you know, like not everybody, not everybody's ceiling is, is super high anyway, but at the same time, if we can work on the right things at the right time in our career, then everybody can progress to, to try to reach their potential. And like I said, those guys have asked the right questions and, and they work hard and it's a fun environment just to be around those guys and be around a college team because just how competitive they have to be. Right. Yeah, it, like it's it's too bad the way like just the, the weather and everything that that we have and the the, the disadvantage we have because there are some kids with, with a lot of talent. You could say okay if they if they had a different opportunity to to do something they they might cause like I said like hitting inside is one thing but going outside and playing is a whole nother thing. Uh, we'll get you out of here in a bit, but what uh, when you, you you got like I said you got the phone call last week uh, and you you re, you re up with uh, Winnipeg. What's uh, what are you looking forward to the most this year about getting back uh, to Winnipeg and starting the season off with the gold eyes and everything's going to be, be normal the whole bit, the whole season long. What's, what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to? Um, I think you can ask anybody this and they, they tell you something similar that a lot of times it's about the guys and the people and, and seeing a lot of those guys. Again, I got a, a bunch of good friends that I've made playing throughout my career and, and just getting the opportunity to reunite with those guys. Right. Cause we spend so much time together. It's, it's months on end where you're with a guy from, you know, I've got a roommate in the hotel, right? And we see each other all day long. So I think it's, for me, it's just getting back, seeing the guys, like, and just having a run at a, at another strong season, right? Like everybody's going for a championship and independent ball. It's why you play, you play to win. And we have a lot of fun doing that. And that's especially what we've done the last couple of years in Winnipeg. The uh, the thing about indie ball is like, I don't want to say players are dispensable, but they kind of, the guys go here and there and, and you don't know what you got because a guy could get a different deal somewhere that, that tomorrow and then that's it so you, you're kind of regrouping throughout the season is that a tough thing you, like you baseball is a game where you, you compete at your own level but it's a team game is that kind of a tough thing sometimes like oh man like we have we have a decent squad here and all of a sudden this guy's gone and that guy's gone a new guy comes in and just how the, the way the game it's, it's all levels of baseball not just indie baseball but is that a tough yeah. thing to uh to get a hold of sometimes where you're like okay we're trying to win here but then this guy just left and everything is it is that a tough part of baseball yeah, I mean, you you just work with whatever you have at any given moment. And so, you know, this will be my third season with them. So I've, I've been around that locker room for quite a while. And we've had a, a ton of different teammates, right? Guys are always going to come and go and there's trades that are made and, and based on team acquisitions and team needs and, and player personnel needs. Like, it's just, 
it's fun though at the same time because you get to meet so many people and you have so many great interactions with guys and and at the end of the day it's it's like any organization you're trying to be successful you're just trying to get the right pieces in the right places and trying to make something magical happen uh, you saw the roster as they're shaping it up did is there anybody who's catching your eye a little bit to go hey i know this guy like you baseball's a small world like i know there's thousands of teams out Mm -hmm. there every league and every level but is there a guy or two that you're looking at this year yeah that that guy's he's a good player he's a guy that i i uh i know from from my past in baseball um i mean a lot of our rosters built kind of around that spring training time when guys get released and stuff yeah but I mean, I can I, was, I can speak to the guys that I have played with that I know are coming back. Like Max Murphy was a league MVP last year, broke his leg in the playoffs. I mean, he's an animal. Like he's one of the all-time best dudes that I've ever played with. And just watching him go about his daily business, like I've never seen anything like it. Guy's an absolute animal, and I love just being around him and his personality. And and uh, Luis Ramirez, who was another another starter we had last year, and. He's our team barber, actually. He cuts everybody's hair, too. we got a barber chair in there. But he's got a few barbershops back in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so he does about as good a job as I've ever had in my life when it comes to hairstyling. So he's kind of the go-to guy. And I'm getting a little long up top, so I need to I need to catch up with my guy, Luis, and so he can cut me up a little. Savor those days where it's a little bit long on top because eventually it's not very long on top anymore. It goes away. Uh, what are the crowds like? What's the uh, vibe like for baseball in Winnipeg? Like it's uh, it's not a, a baseball hotbed across wherever compared to. But what's the what are the crowds like in in, in Winnipeg? And the like, are the are the knowledgeable baseball people or is it just a, another baseball town that that you played in? It's a it's an awesome environment. Honestly, I I really have enjoyed it. Um, just like the continuity of like, you see a lot of the same people at the ballpark every single day. Cause people that are, that are fans of the gold eyes, like they are fans of the gold eyes, you know, like there's, there's these two ladies that sit right behind our dugout. And one of them's got our logo tattooed on her, on her arm. I think like, it's just people there, like a lot, we got a lot of fanatical type people and, and they're always just so supportive and every single person in, in Winnipeg, if you, if they find out you play for the gold eyes, I mean, they'll stop and have a conversation and they just love being around it. And I mean, the team just does a good job of, of getting really good exposure within that city. And I mean, for the summers in Manitoba, it's beautiful. And, and we have a lot of, a lot of fun out there. And I mean, the golf's always good too. We play a lot of golf, but yeah, it's, it's a great city to play in, in all honesty. I, I really enjoyed it, especially because I didn't know anything about it going into it. It was just, okay, this is, this is one of the top, you know, independent clubs and one of the best and the best Canadian one that you can go play for. So just figured why not and it's turned out to be something i really enjoyed how that's are the mosquitoes I'm going back for year three how are the mosquitoes because <laughs> that's one thing know. i remember I, manitoba that's years ago i've been there a long time but the mosquitoes were always awful i remember yeah it was i don't know if last year was just a down year or what but i mean it didn't really bother me too much it was nothing like uh minnesota for that one summer i got there and my host dad said hey just want to let you know the official bird of the state of minnesota is the mosquito so I mean, I, it's not as bad in Winnipeg, but I, I've been to Manitoba and had quite a few mosquitoes before, but last year was, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Uh, get you out of here in, in half a second. Uh, how long do you think you can keep doing it? Like you, you eventually you, you just run out of games. What's your, I, I don't want to say, uh, yeah, let's go like 10 years from now. What, what do you see yourself doing in the game of baseball? Um, Interesting. I don't know. Cause I mean, everybody wants to play in the big leagues, right? So I yeah. feel like I, I'd be wrong to not say that I see myself in the big leagues in 10 years because that's just how you got to play it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I really do enjoy coaching and, and I would love to get back into the States and working down there at a division one program again. 
No, that's cool. Like it, that's this, this big league goal. I mean, oh, geez, why wouldn't you just keep, keep going to that? You know, you know, you might have a good outing and one guy sees you. And that, is that how that works? Like just if a scout's in the right place at the right time or if a team just needs some, some fill, like a, if a couple arms go down in the, in a minor league system, is that how that, that works a little bit? Like, cause it, it seems to be players are just, like I said, they're jumping around here and there all the time. Is like, is, is it just a ch- chance of opportunity that maybe somebody got hurt or someone got released and they go, okay, this guy had a good game and, and you're, and you're next, you're next up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the the signings out of indie ball are need based, and different organizations are going to have different needs at different times of the year, and a lot of that's unpredictable. I mean, at the end of the day, though, it, it usually comes back to some kind of a relation that a player or one of their old coaches or somebody that they know has with a scout and a team that has a need, and and they just kind of have somebody to fill it. I mean, it's that's really how it works. Uh, it's it's not too predictable, and I mean. A big shout out to Will McCaffrey, one of our relievers last year, who's already signed with the Royals for this next year. And he's a Canadian guy. And, you know, same thing. Like he just was thrown in this offseason, working out at a facility and, and got an opportunity at their pro day. And, and it's just worked out for him. I'm happy because that guy's got an electric arm. He deserves to be back at the affiliate level. No, that's. I think it's great the way guys persevere through it all. Cause it's, it could be a tough go, and it's to see. Uh, it's the six inches between your ears that can hurt. That can uh, really put an effect on things. Because there must be times you're like, "What am I doing? I'm doing all I can do." But it's. But you want to keep keep persevering and, and make your way through it because uh, if you give up, then that's it, right? And then yeah. then what? Then what? Then you got to go get a real job, and uh, that's probably not the uh, a thing that you really want to go out and do. Uh, we'll play some pepper and get you out of here right away, here, Landon. Thanks for doing yeah, this. Bobby. By the way, it's a nice nice conversation. Um, Five quick questions. Is yep. a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, no, it's its own category. Hot dog's a hot dog. Uh, day games or night games? Um, if I'm pitching, I love pitching in day games, but it's hard not to be romantic about a nice night game. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather work a night game myself, too. Uh, have you ever been thrown out of a game? I have not. Actually, the only time I was closest was in the – WCBL, I can't remember who it was. We're playing a home game, Lethbridge against somebody, and somebody from the dugout was popping off. And whoever the umpire was, I can't, I cannot remember who it was. They turned to the dugout and they threw out the first guy they saw, which was me. He just turned and looked at me and said, "You're gone." And I kind of looked at him and said, "I don't." Okay. And then the guy next to me just started walking. So I, I don't know what, but I'm pretty sure he was the guy who said something anyway. But that's the closest I've ever been. That that's a that's a good thing. Throwing guy, I hate that part of the game when guys get guys get thrown out. It just puts a sour <laughs> taste in everybody's mouth. It's no it's no fun. Uh, favorite ballpark you ever played in? Ooh, that's a really good question. Mm, I'm gonna go with a unique kind of answer to this. Uh, Jackie Robinson Stadium in L.A. where UCLA, UCLA plays. Yeah. yeah, we went down there opening weekend in 2021 and took two out of three. So that's got to be my favorite spot. A little bit because it's nice. It's a nice spot, and you have a little bit of uh, heartfelt moments in there, kind of deal for for doing that. Uh, last one, then we'll get you out of here. You can go enjoy enjoy the snow here in, in southern Alberta. Uh, longest home run you ever gave up? Oh man, mm. my first Division One start against UT San Antonio. I can't remember who it was, but he hit it, and it's still going to this day. And that was five <laughs> years ago. 
still hasn't landed. Yeah. Oh, I love the look. Cause everybody always remembers that. Like, Oh, I struck out this guy and I got this guy on this. Like, you'll know what, like you could probably remember what pitch you threw to what guy, but who the guy was who hit that. I have no idea. I can't remember. You try to get, you try to get that out of your brain a little bit as soon as it go. Cause you're the, the next, the most important pitch is your next pitch. Right. So that's uh, one of those yeah. things. No, I, yeah. that's funny. You can't remember that. That's great. So I gave, I gave up three that day, so it's not worth remembering anyway. There you go. Get let those uh, negative thoughts uh, leave, leave your head. Landon, thanks very much for doing this. Uh, we'll see you around the ballpark, but thanks very much for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, continued success with, with your career. And good luck this year with the Gold, gold Eyes. Uh, expecting big things from you. We'll get you on the show maybe in the summertime. We'll see how, how things are going. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a good time doing this. You're running a good show so far. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks a lot.